Hey everybody, I know I'm releasing this episode on a Thursday, not on a Wednesday, but I was just uh, too excited to uh, hold this one in. I wanted to get it out, and I also wanted to get it out before. Next week, I talk to Dr. Ben Edwards, and we're going to do an interview, and he'll walk us through some more of these issues, um, these health issues surrounding COVID, and how to think about COVID. Um, So stay tuned for that. Next Wednesday, look for that, and I wanted to upload it before that, so I'm going to do it night um, when I'm recording this. So thanks for listening and I hope this edified and encouraged you and you learned something. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast. Everyone who knowingly causes another person to undergo conversion therapy, including by providing conversion therapy to that other person is a guilty of an indictable offense and liable to imprisonment for a term of not more than five years Don't think I will even ask you to make Jesus Lord of your life. That's the most preposterous thing I could ever tell you to do. Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. Whether you serve him or not, whether you bless him, curse him, hate him, or love him, he is the Lord of your life because God has given him a name that is above every name so that the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow and tongue confess that he is Lord. Some of you will bow out of the grace that has been given to you and others will bow because your kneecaps will be broken by the one who rules the nations with a rod of iron. And I'll not apologize for this God of the Bible. Chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Thanks for tuning in to the For the King podcast. I wanted to start off reading... um, different texts we do at the beginning of the podcast, um, highlighting the kingship of Christ, that Jesus is this king that we serve here on the For the King podcast, and that you may not serve him, but he is your king, which is the position that we maintain on this podcast, that he's the king over all. So thanks for tuning in. Um, Whatever your walk of life and wherever you're at, we appreciate you coming to hear the good news of Jesus Christ and to hear about the King. Um, That's who we talk about on the podcast. But today is a, um, I call them wonky Wednesdays. So they're they're different material. Um, On Sundays, Bryce and I, my co-host Bryce, and and I, your host Rocky, um, go through different theological topics on Sundays that are meant for the edification and building up of the church. And um, I want to do that same thing, edify and build up the church and, and encourage my brothers and sisters and to maybe challenge those that do not know Christ and do not bend the knee to him or are just skeptical or have want to learn about the Christian worldview. Um, I, I want these Wednesdays to be implications of the Christian worldview. So maybe not overtly theological topics, but theology and hermeneutics and God's word, the kingship of Christ will influence and have implications on the way we live in the world. So that's what these Wednesday um, 
episodes are for. And I'm going to talk about some things today. This is this is going to be more of a news update on the world, um, things that are happening around us that are deceitful, um, Satan's cunning at work, the serpent slithering throughout the earth, wandering to and fro, although he is a serpent on a chain. Um, so, so I want to remind you guys to think back to that Daniel verse that I read at the beginning, uh, 7, 13, and 14, that Jesus is going to be given a kingdom. He has been given a kingdom, and his kingdom will have no end. Okay, so the kingdom of God, um, the gates of hell will not prevail against the kingdom of God, against the church, um, and uh, Christ will be victorious in the end. He has already won the battle, and he will come back to consummate this victory um, in due time. Okay, so be encouraged, and the things I talk about, although alarming on this podcast, will not um, bar Christ from being king. He's king right now, so I just want to remind you of that. And... Um, a lot of the things I'm going to talk about today from the news, you know, in, in Romans 1, we see Paul saying that um, claiming to be wise in, in Romans 1, 22, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and, and birds and animals and creeping things. So this proclivity of mankind to give up uh, the, the um, image of God, right, and wanting the image of things that they um, – want instead of God, uh, idols that they're making. Um, and we see that God gives these people up that do these things to a debased mind and um, dishonorable passions. Um, and they give up their natural relations and the things natural to mankind for things that are evil. So the first thing I want to talk about today is this recent bill that was passed in the House of Commons in Canada on um, November 29th, 2021. I think it says the first reading was on that. I don't know exactly when it was passed, but it has been, um, I, I forget what they call it in their legislator, um, royal assent. So after royal assent, this um, you know bill becomes law and the... Um, this this bill has received that royal assent, so it is on the books. This is this is going to go into law, into legislation, in Canada, and this is what the uh, the bill is. It's it's Bill C four, and let me let me just read a little bit from it, and then I'm gonna li- uh, we're gonna listen to uh, Doctor Joseph Boot or Joe Boot out of the Ezra Institute, and in Canada, so he's a Canadian. He lives in Canada and has a ministry in Canada, and him talking about it. And you can go to their their podcast uh, Ezra Institute and listen to it. Listen to them interacting with this bill. But it, it's very, very, very alarming. And for those of you that maybe don't know this, I would like you to I would like to equip you and to um, put you in the know that this has happened and that again, it can happen here. You know, so many people think, oh no, that can't happen here. Um, oh, we're a Christian nation, you know, we'll never go pagan, you know. No, it can happen here. That that we can be given up. Again, when we see when when we start making idols in our heart and we forsake God and turn away from him. He gives us up to debased minds. Okay. This can happen here. It can happen to any human. Um, apart from the grace of God, we will always be given over to things like this bill. So bill C4. Um, so this is an act, an act to amend the criminal code, uh, conversion therapy. And I'll put this, um, in the show notes, this, um, the, um, I'm sorry, the hyperlink, the, 
source of, of where I'm getting this from. So the, which is, I think it's the Canadian, the parliament of Canada's website, um, parl.ca. So the summary of, or sorry, the, the preamble to this bill is, whereas conversion therapy causes harm to the persons who are subjected to it, whereas conversion therapy causes harm to society because, among other things, it is based on and propagates myths and stereotypes about sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression, including the myth that heterosexuality, cisgender, gender identity, and gender expression that conforms to the sex assigned to a person at birth are to be preferred over other sexual orientations, gender identities, and gender expressions. And whereas, in light of those harms, it is important to discourage and denounce the provision of conversion therapy in order to protect the human dig dignity and equality of all Canadians. Now, therefore, uh, Her Majesty, by and with the advice and consent of the Senate and House of Commons of Canada, enacts as follows. So, um, that's the preamble. And then they put in conversion therapy into a bunch of the criminal code. So there are, um, like for instance, the owner and maker of the matter seized under subsection 1 and alleged to be obscene, child pornography, a voyeuristic recording, an intimate image, an advertisement of sexual services, or, and then they include this now, an advertisement for conversion therapy may appear and be represented in the proceedings to oppose the making of an order for the forfeit of the matter. So they do, again, the, the rest of the bill then goes into that they're putting in an advertisement for conversion therapy and a bunch of different other parts of their own criminal code. Okay, so this is they're making this a crime on par with having child pornography, with having an intimate image, um, things like that, voyeuristic recordings. They're putting that this in the same category as those things. Appalling, right? Um, completely disregarding the word of God and what God has revealed to us. The obvious things of nature. Um, and again, this is going to get into the second part of this podcast, but do we trust legislators that don't even know what a man is and what a woman is that would push legislation like that? Why should we trust them to give us health, public health edicts that are godly, upright, and righteous? Okay, so but that's, let's save that for later. Let's put that in our back pocket. Um, let's go down to – okay, so then they, they define conversion therapy. So if, if there's any of you listening that don't know what conversion therapy is, here's, here's the definition they give in the bill. Um, in all the sections stated above, so they, they lay out all the sections that are changed, conversion therapy means a practice, treatment, or service designed to A, change a person's sexual orientation to heterosexual, B, change a person's gender identity to cisgender, C, change a person's gender expression so that it conforms to the sex assigned to the person at birth, D, repress or reduce non-heterosexual attraction or sexual behavior, E, repress a person's non-cisgender gender identity, or F, repress or reduce a person's gender expression that does not conform to the sex assigned to the person at birth. Okay, and then they say, for greater certainty, this definition does not include a practice, treatment, or service that relates to the exploration or development of an integrated personal identity. So basically, you need a PhD in, in gender expression or um, you know, social uh, gender social theory or whatever. I don't even know what they would call it. But basically, you're going to need that PhD to even decipher what's being said in this ridiculous law. Um, and Joe Boot said that in the Ezra uh, Ezra Institute podcast I was listening to. I thought it was amusing. But yeah, I mean the 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 nomenclature that's being used. I mean, I, I can understand it to some extent. Um, yeah. So 
I'm guessing heterosexual is talking about sexual desire. Cisgender is talking about your gender. You know what, what you if you're binary and your gender, or if you think their gender is a spectrum, that kind of thing. Um, so that's how that's how they define uh, conversion therapy. And this is the crux, guys. This is where our culture is at war with Christianity, and there's nothing neutral. The, lib- the lib- liberals are not neutral, okay? Like liberalism is not like a, a neutral uh, political ideology. It has underlying presuppositions that are completely antithetical to the Christian worldview. And it's coming out now as their legislation starts to be passed. Um, so we've seen a flip. Um, in our society, well, at least in Canada, uh, we haven't gotten this far yet in America, but it's coming. It can happen here. So stand up, get to know your your uh, lesser magistrate to oppose these unlawful draconian edicts that are going to come our way. You must be ready. We must have our armor of God on, um, keeping watch and acting like men and being firm. Um, so 320.102 which is, I guess, a, a section and a subsection of the bill. Um, if you were to go read it, I'll put the I'll put it in the show notes. Remember, so you can go look at it. Everyone who knowingly causes another person to undergo conversion therapy, including by providing conversion therapy to that other person, is a guilty of an indictable offense and liable to imprisonment for a term of not more than five years. Or B, guilty of an offense punishable on summary conviction. I don't even know what summary conviction is, but that A part is pretty wild. You can be in Canada. You can be imprisoned for no more than five years for anybody that knowingly causes another person to undergo conversion therapy. So, for instance, you're a parent, a Christian uh, Christian parents that have a biblical worldview about what sex is. And your kid... Um, going off the rails and being given over to sin, that's a that's a male, wants to become a female. If the parents put that kid into conversion therapy, which they defined as any of those things above, A, a through F, which are very easy to, easy to identify biblical um, counsel that any, any good pastor would give somebody struggling with this sin um, – to change the person's sexual orientation to heterosexual and to change their gender identity to cisgender. Um, that's pretty normative Christian creative order kind of counsel. If a, if a um, Christian set of parents wanted their pastor or biblical counselor to go through that with their kids, those parents, if, if the kid goes and obviously would um, alert the authorities that they're being, um, they're having a, a crime done against them. Um, they can, the, the parents can be guilty, and the um, pastor, as we'll see in part this next part, um, is is uh, liable to imprisonment for uh, not nothing more than five years. Nothing more than five years, but five years of your life can be utterly taken away from you because you um, wanted to teach your kid a biblical worldview. So it can happen here, guys. Um, Three twenty. Uh, 320.103, uh, everyone who knowingly promotes or advertises conversion therapy is guilty of an indictable offense and liable to imprisonment for a term of not more than two years. So if I on this, if I were in Canada and I had a pot and I had my podcast and I were promoting, uh, it would be like me promoting on my podcast or talking about that a way a Christian ought to counsel somebody struggling with such sin is to encourage that person to be heterosexual, cisgender, um, biblical uh, human sexuality. 
if I were to encourage people to do that from my platform on a podcast or on a website or on a billboard or anything as a company, whatever, if you promote it, you can be uh, put in jail for two years. So we, we've just seen in Canada the legislation of criminalizing Christianity. Christianity is now criminalized in Canada. And the last part of the bill, 320.104, everyone who receives a financial or other material benefit, knowing that it is obtained or derived directly or indirectly from the provision of conversion therapy, is guilty of an indictable offense and liable to imprisonment for a term of not more than two years. Okay. Um, just absolutely ridiculous, sinful activity coming from the parliament in Canada. Um, wicked, wicked, wicked people that hate Christianity, that hate Christ the King, will not bend the knee and will legislate their own morality that does not, it's not grounded in anything real. Um, again, there's nothing neutral in the world. Atheism is a set of first principles that you derive religious meaning from on a daily basis. And you will enact those principles and presuppositions in law and legislate your own morality. Um, there's nothing neutral. So, when we want to keep politics separate from Christianity, this is what happens. People think they get good ideas, and then they legislate it. God's ideas are much, much better than sinful man's ideas. And we must have our minds renewed by the scriptures to know what is right. Our minds will not be renewed by indicting people for teaching biblical truths. There are eternal truths that God has given us through the Holy Spirit that are so obvious you almost don't even need the scriptures to know that this is stupid. Um, if everybody turned gay, turned uh, homosexual, um, the human race would die out in one generation. You'd be done. Um, yeah, well, I guess three generations if you'll have, you know, grandma, father, child. But um, yeah, within a hundred years. The, the human race would go out and extinct. It's a self-implosion. It's genocide on the, on, on the human race as a whole. And I, I just, I can't fathom, even in their own rational mind, when you, when you look at the animal kingdom, I mean, they will tout evolution as their guidance on morality and how they think about uh, where humans come from and where the world came from. And evolution clearly teaches that to propagate, you must reproduce. Um, and, and, and to have this lit, written in the law, there's an argument for God in here that we would even have a law like this. Like if we were just animals, why would we ever legislate the implosion of our own species if we were animals? Granted that. Um, it's foolishness. Okay, so there's the bill, and you can go check it out. Now here is Dr. Joe Boo on uh, Ali Beth Stuckey's podcast show. Um, he's from the Ezra Institute. He's a, he's a theologian, pastor, founder, um, really great guy, um, a lot of knowledge and things worth listening to. You should go check him out and check out the Ezra Institute. But here's his take on some of the bill, and we're going we're gonna to listen to it um, just so you can get a, you know, an idea of what he's like, and I'm going to interact with it a little bit. The language regime. And what this law does is basically now uh, enforces through criminal sanctions a new theological, political, 
language regime uh, that prevents you from even speaking uh, clearly uh, and talking with people uh, about these issues on a repeat basis um, and prevents anybody who should wish to conform themselves to uh, the traditional understanding and the Christian norm, um, they are criminalized. And the incredible danger of this bill, especially for a Christian like myself um, and those who hold to a traditional understanding of, of male and female marriage, is that it essentially is criminalizing the Christian faith. It's criminalizing the call to conversion um, because the bill uh, uh, requires that any sort of um, uh, advertising or promotion or even the attempt to lessen somebody's uh, homosexual desires or gender dysphoric orientation or desire to cross-dress or whatever it may be um, is itself criminal and if you would permit okay so you hear his analysis i mean we're reading the bill correctly okay we're not over exaggerating um, this is a criminalization of the christian faith in canada we're reading it correctly it me 30 seconds to read um what the apostle paul says about this, just so you know how serious this is for the Christian, yes. in yes. 1 Corinthians 6, he says, don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom? Do not be deceived. No sexually immoral people, idolaters, adulterers, or males who have sex with males, no thieves, greedy people, drunkards, verbally abusive people, or swindlers will inherit God's kingdom. And such, some of you used to be like this. And some of you used to be like this. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. He goes on to say, flee sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the person who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. So glorify God with your body. So this is central to the Christian message, to Christian. Okay. I mean, again, this is, this is clear biblical teaching of what human sexuality is like. God defines all things relating to mankind. And Jobu is completely correct. And that's just one passage from 1 Corinthians 6. Um, again, Romans 1 that I was reading from earlier. Let's just listen to this. Um, starting in verse 24. Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave, gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in them, themselves the due penalty for their error. Okay, again, this is clear biblical teaching. There's no room for this law in Christianity. So those liberal Christians that are going to say, this is fine, we're finally getting, you know, um, God is a God of love, and we're finally seeing a love for our transgender and homosexual neighbor. This is great. This is not great. This is depravity. This is human depravity at its finest. And it's being legislated. It's not just happening in the world, and then we can hope on the state to come, you know, um, do something about it, or for the church to excommunicate somebody for it. No, this is something... Um, that is now protected under law in Canada, a Western nation. It can happen here. Let's listen more. Teaching to the preaching of the gospel, and it's being criminalized. So under this law, would it be illegal for a pastor to exposit that passage from the pulpit? Or are we only talking about paid services here that are banned? 
Well, it's any practice um, or, or treatment or service. And of course, you can. the problem is, is the ambiguity. You can drive a bus, uh, a freight train through the definition. Uh, there is no real definition. And you can drive a, a freight train through uh, practice, service or treatment. Um, you are certainly forbidden in this law to in any way profit from the, the provision. Okay, this law is, it is intentionally broad and vague to include all forms of this kind of um, anti-sexual expression, creative order, teaching, counsel that could happen in society. Um, this is supposed to grab and capture all of biblical Christian teaching in the world. Or the advertising of or the promotion of conversion therapy. It's actually unclear whether, let's say, a pastor was doing a sermon series on biblical sexuality for the congregation and was involved in praying for people after the service about those issues. Um, there's nothing in this law um, which would say that a pastor is protected uh, in such an instance. And certainly, if somebody after a series of sermons like that would say, Can I come and see you about my um, uh, struggles with my sexuality and my sexual identity, and the pastor agreed to that and counseled in terms of the biblical understanding, that would be the provision of conversion therapy and would carry up to five years in prison. Wow. Uh, so the problem is, is the is the ambiguity uh, here. Would just a sermon be covered? The truth of the issue is, we don't know. Could that be counted as talk therapy? Okay, so we can end there, but the point is, we don't know. We don't know how they will enforce this in Canada. I mean, Joe Boot, you know, could very, very easily, because of what he's taught in the Ezra Institute, somehow be um, included under that law and that bill. And he is a pastor. I don't know if he's currently presiding as a pastor. But again, any faithful minister in Canada that speaks clearly about what the Bible says about human sexuality can be put in prison for up to five years because they have done something on par, on the same level, as harboring child pornography. Just unjust weights and measures, double standards. Um, yeah, so I think that's all I have to say there. Now, what I wanted to piggyback off that and go to, um, again, this is kind of a you know big, big things happening in terms of um, the onslaught against the church happening in our culture. Um, Another thing that has happened is this uh, extremely bad biblical reasoning on how the church relates to the state. And, and this does bleed into our next discussion, um, which is uh, on the, um, the vaccine, the way the government has reacted to the whole COVID-19 ordeal. Okay, um, This happening in Canada, again, all across the board – we have nations taking, um, you know, taking advantage of the situation with COVID nineteen to gain power and control um, from the people. Okay, so we already see Joe Boot would go on to in this in this podcast. He eventually says that this is um, this is on par with in Canada as having a one nation state. Or sorry, a one party system, which is fascist. Um, it, it's it's fascism. Okay, um, so we we see this kind of totalitarian takeover happening in cultures all across the world. Um, if you see the things happening in Australia, New Zealand, um, these draconian measures, and to some extent, what's been happening in America. So, 
Um, recently, Joe Rogan had this guy named Dr. Peter A. Uh, McCullough on. He's an MD. He's been published a lot. He testified before the Supreme Court um, at some point last year at the beginning. He, he is a doctor. He's an MD. And he's actually treated COVID patients. And from his clinical experience, which trumps uh, – clinical experience always trumps uh, data. And what – it trumps one other thing. Um, I forget the way they – the hierarchy of um, administering treatments for a doctor is. But um, clinical experience is like – Paramount, and then and then even higher than clinical experience is the uh, patient's uh, the patient's wishes, what the patient would want done. If the patient doesn't want an experimental drug done on them, they don't have to have that done, even if clinical experience has proved that this research project um, in the past has proved fine for people. This this research drug, um, whatever. So there's a hierarchy of the way that you would um, prescribe things, and so many of the doctors that are giving us advice about how to treat COVID and how to react to COVID. They haven't even treated one COVID patient. They don't even know what the heck they're talking about. And this guy comes on Joe Rogan and just talks about um, so many different topics. Some of the big takeaways I had from listening to it, you should go listen to it. I'll put it on there on my um, my show notes. Um, but some of the big takeaways is it's very alarming. Um, the quickness of the vaccine in response to um, what had been sort of anticipated, there was – and John Hopkins, they did a FEMA um, exercise about coronavirus, that about a coronavirus that could do X, Y, and Z. And for some reason, all the Moderna and Pfizer, they were able to – what usually takes years apparently to learn how to put mRNA into – I don't know, whatever they put it into in the vaccine usually takes a long time. And he walks through how this is alarming that they kind of had already anticipated that something like this would happen, which is maybe good that we were um, ahead of things is the way you could spin it. But um, he says it takes like six weeks to get a death certificate. And at the beginning of the pandemic, we were getting death numbers like weirdly quickly. Um, again, this could all just be rushed to science, you know. That um, in a time in a state of fear, right? We need to do things quicker so we don't have to worry about peer-reviewed literature and all of that. Um, but I would say a lot of the things that he walks through is very compelling, um, and I'm already obviously skeptical of the vaccine. Uh, they're pushing it for children when there are 30,000 cases of myocarditis in children, which is like six times higher than their um, uh, than their likelihood of actually getting COVID-19. So if you were to get the vaccine, you're more likely to get a life-altering condition, myocarditis of heart inflammation, um, than you are from getting COVID as a child. And they're pushing the vaccine. It's just a lot of very foolish not following the science at all. Um, and they ridicule Fauci for saying, I want, like, he, he's literally publicly said that I am truth. I am science, right? Like personifying science in a person of himself um, not, not a very humble man, not a man I would want to listen to. Um, so let's – and again, because of all this really bad science and all this fear that is over our whole nation, and, and Christians included, the church is like not doing any better is the point. Um, and he walks through this. I don't know if this Peter McCullough guy is a Christian or not. I have no idea. Joe is not a Christian. Um, but just listen to what this guy says, and then I'm going to comment on it, and we're going to walk through it a little bit, and I'm going to challenge you all with something. 
how did they organize something like this? And how do you get so many doctors to go along with this? How do you get so many doctors to not speak out against the lack of pre-hospitalization care, the lack of early treatment? We think there's about 500 doctors who knows what go, what's going on in the United States. Right 500. Now. 500. We've got a million doctors in the United States. We've got half a million nurse practitioners and physician assistants. I can tell you the nurses are more awake than the doctors. Why is that? The doctors appear to be like many of our leaders. By the way, all the ma- leaders, leaders of the major churches, every single one of them, the major religious branches are under the spell. Every major global international leader is under the spell. We're in what's called a mass formation psychosis. This is very important. I give credit to Dr. Matthias Desmet in the University of Ghent in Belgium, and recently Dr. Mark McDonald, psychiatrist from L.A. Mark McDonald's got a new book out, The United States of Fear, describing how the mass psychosis developed. What your listeners need to know is a mass psychosis is when there is a groupthink that develops that's so strong that it leads to something horrific. And the examples are these mass suicides that occur in these religious cults. The example is Nazi Germany, when people walk into gas chambers and were gassed. These horrific things. And, and four elements here. It's very important, Joe. First, there must be a period of prolonged isolation lockdowns. Number two, there must be a, a, a withdrawal of things taken away from people that they used to enjoy. That's happened. Number three, there must be constant, incessant, free-floating anxiety. All this news cycle, all the, the deaths and the hospitalizations, more, more variant mutant strains, everything, people becoming scared over and over again. And the last thing, number four, the capper. The capper is there must be a single solution offered by an entity in authority. Okay, hopefully you pick up what he's saying and what he's walking through, this mass psychosis, this mass brainwashing, whatever you want to call it. There is this psych, this, well, they call, they, you, you can call it a psyop. It's a psychological operation that can be done on a group of people to get them to do something. So this is very common in the cults. Um, it was very com- common in Nazi Germany and fascist states uh, back in the 1940s to get people to be subservient and obedient to the authority. So uh, the way a cult operates, you get a charismatic leader that comes in and sets up some kind of arbitrary law that must be followed. And the the leader is charismatic and likable. And they find, in a sense, they find salvation in the leader. And then the people follow. They become subservient and obedient like sheep. And Jesus knew that humans are like sheep. And that's why he had compassion on the flock. And he said, fear not, little flock, for the kingdom is yours. Um, Jesus is the good shepherd that will never take advantage of the sheep and actually protects the sheep from wolves. Um, the cults are wolves. Our, le- our, our, our modern day public officials are wolves. The Canadian legislator are wolves. Um, we just follow along and the church has done nothing better. And the amount of reasoning, political reasoning from the scriptures that I've heard that we're just supposed to obey um, the government, no matter what, because Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2 says clearly we're supposed to honor the emperor, even if they are tyrannical and even if they are um, dishing out arbitrary edicts, we must believe and trust in the leaders. And that is exactly how a mass psychosis happens, right? You have some kind of arbitrary law, some kind of arbitrary reasoning. And in the church, it's that reasoning, this this like mishermeneutic, misinterpretation of Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, Christians are supposed to be upstanding citizens in whatever nation, whatever country they're in. But we must follow God and not man. And if the state is legislating something that's not based on truth, something that's arbitrary, something that's not in their God-given authority, we know in Romans 13, what's the authority of the state? To bear the sword against those that would do wicked things 
and to be um, a blessing to those that would do good things, to reward those that do good and to be a terror to those that do evil, to bear the sword towards them. And you bear the sword to kill. And th this is talking about capital punishment. This is talking about the criminal system, criminal justice system. That's what the state is supposed to do. Now, we do have texts in the Old Testament Israel that uh, there, there is a sense in which the state should be um, used and um, applied the civil magistrate should be applied in times of public health crises. Um, but based on the data and based on any good reasoning person, this did not warrant that whatsoever, this, uh, this um, situation. And Dr. Peter McCullough says that 85, 85% could of the deaths could have been prevented if we would have done normal treatment protocols and not push the vaccine and push people into the ICU after 14 days of illness when the viral load is too too much to bear. Um, yeah, I mean, so he just says a lot of things that make a lot of sense. Normal clinical practice from the light of nature, natural law, being employed, um, using our empirical senses to uh, do observational study and inductive reasoning can be useful. Um, but the issue is when we don't follow the science, we're going to be left in the ashes and doing very stupid, dumb things. And that's what we've seen our um, public officials doing. Um, and, and then to um, push an experimental vaccine on the populace, which is against the Nuremberg Code. And, and again, this is likening this mass psychosis is very reminiscent of Nazi Germany. To get, again, the same thing in the church. The reason why I'm coming against the church right now is because that same reasoning that, oh, Romans 13, 1 Peter 2 says we're supposed to obey our public officials. Therefore, um, you know, Hitler, you know, he got elected to office. We must follow this man. Um, again, in Just War Theory, if you go and listen to my Just War Theory podcast, everybody is held accountable for their decisions. Even if your commander, so this is, again, this is the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. If your commander issues you an ungodly command, you are to disobey that command. If your um, commander says, go murder these innocent people because this is war, you disobey that command. Now, People have likened the COVID crisis to it's a war. You know, this is a, this is a pathological war. Um, we have a disease that we're fighting, um, and then to give unlawful dictates in the in the midst of it is foolishness, and it is not using good reasoning at all. And we ought to disobey those that would give us foolish and brash decision making. Something like, um, which is completely against the Nuremberg Code, to uh, um, mandate an experimental vaccine on the populace. Um, even just think about the, just the very obvious nature of the thing. You must inject this foreign material into your body to be looked well upon by society, to be safe. Um, again, it's all based on faith. It's all based on inductive reasoning. Where we have this percentage of it working. Um, and you can go read studies now that the all-cause mortality of people that have been given the vaccine is atrocious. The people, those people are dying because it's an immunosuppressant. It, it, it's easy to find um, literature on um, any vaccine causes inflammation in the body um, for, for some time. And, and that is bad for the body and it, it can cause issues. Um, so if you just look at the various database, you can see that the amount of people that have had adverse reactions to um, the vaccine. This is, this is very clear, inductive, observational science. This is not coming from my Christianity. This is just obvious research that's done and reported on and you can't just say it's 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 perfectly safe to take the vaccine if somebody is worried about that you cannot mandate that if somebody's worried about the health effects okay so 
we know theologically the church is in a bad place in relation to the state, and uh, politics and Christianity most certainly intertwine, and Christianity informs politics. Um, we must remember that. So if you're in Canada, um, I'm praying for you, and I'm sorry about this legislation, and I, ho- I pray you remain steadfast in the midst of persecution. And if you are brainwashed by – if you're in the church, uh, you need to go reread Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2, and you need to sit down there and think for a little bit on the text. And we cannot trust ungodly evil men and women that preside over us in um, positions of power just because they're there. You don't have to trust them just because they're there. We can't trust these ungodly people that do wicked things. Um, I guess that's all I'll say. But Dr. Peter McCullough kind of walks through that on Joe Rogan's podcast very clearly that we can't trust these people. There's mass incompetence happening at a very high level, even among the most educated people. Um, and as Christians, we need to think biblically. And if Jesus really is king, that means we obviously salute and bend the knee to him alone and the state vicariously as far as they uphold the law of God and do things in a righteous manner. But if that if the state goes so far as to um, mandate a vaccine, as to legislate um, this anti-conversion therapy in Canada, if the state were to do that, it has now given up the authority that God has given it to act righteously in the world and is now to be imploded. And will soon face the judgment of God. Um, and, and these regimes always fall apart. And that's why the kingdom of God never ends. Because it's righteous. It will stand. And it will remain upright. And that's why the church will never end. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Against the kingdom of God. Um, so. Yeah. There's those four steps of mass psychosis. We see that happening. Even in the church. And if you're listening and you are sympathetic to what's going on and you are just sick of Christians you know, fighting back against all these mandates and stuff, you should just give in and get the vaccine. Um, you are a fool. You need to rethink your biblical values. You need to go reread Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2. Um, and you need to go listen to the Ezra Institute with Joe Boot. You need to listen to these guys. And you need to obviously repent and change your mind because you have an unbiblical view of the state. You have an unbiblical view of the scriptures, and you are brainwashed into a deceitful scheme. Um, so, I think that's all I have to say to you all. Thanks for listening. And as always, to the King of the Ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Soli Deo Gloria. Amen.